Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. of the Night Report Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Two bombshell news items dropped on Sunday right before uh, you know NFL football. Uh, first is Flip Dixon is returning to Rutgers football for 2024. Hmm. Star safety who transferred in from Minnesota last year and blew me away. Uh, I, I expected him to be good, but I didn't expect him to be you know one of the best safeties in the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, and then hmm. Rutgers got what might end up being the biggest commitment of the offseason in former Monmouth wide receiver, okay. Daimir Miller. Uh, we'll go, go into him a little deeper, but if you haven't read up anything about him, you're going to in for a pleasant surprise. Oh, yeah. uh, so let's first talk about the guy that Rutgers fans should be very familiar with, Flip Dixon, coming back for his final season of eligibility next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about how this came together and how big of a, a, a reacquisition, I guess, uh, it is for this defense. Yeah, I think first and foremost, um, and you've said it over the past couple pods, but this is, you got to give another shout out to KTR because this is the biggest job they've done, I think, ever. This is like a huge retaining of the entire roster, basically, this offseason, entire defense, Mm -hmm. you can say, maybe not the entire roster, but there's some offensive players in there, too. Um, it's, it's just been huge for, for Greg, for the culture of the program and just, just everyone in general, uh, surrounding Rutgers, Rutgers football specifically. Um, they were able to keep multiple NFL guys. This is another NFL guy. He played himself into a late round draft pick in my opinion. Now we'll never probably know what the scouts are really said about him because he didn't really get to even get a chance to, to go in front of scouts or anything like that. But, um, yeah, no, he, this is huge. This is your, your number one safety, probably your top DB. If you, you can argue with longer beam who had a pretty good season as well. But, uh, yeah, he, he could play himself even into a day two pick if he plays like that again next season. And, uh, this is just, this is phenomenal. I think he was second on the team in pass deflections. He had an interception forced fumble. Um, I think that was in the Maryland game, actually the last game of the season, the forced fumble, but and he hits like a ton of bricks. He plays like a linebacker, but he's a safety and he has good coverage skills. And I think that was, the biggest concern coming in because everyone was talking about at Minnesota at least was talking about how he might have have to shift the linebacker because of his size, but I thought he moved just great at safety. So I just think it's another blunder on PJ Fleck in that, that Minnesota team that's honestly falling apart at this point. Yeah, uh, seems like PJ Fleck's kind of losing his luster there. Um, you know, he had some really high highs at Minnesota, but it, every program he was at, it was like he built it up to a four-year crest. Which mm-hmm. for Minnesota, I think they had an eleven-year, eleven-win season. You know where they yeah. beat uh, Penn State in late in the season. I want to say November to keep their their mm-hmm. undefeated streak alive. It kind of fell apart. Um, but he's never really stayed at a school for longer than four or five years. So you're starting to see like, can he maintain this momentum? And we're not really sure. Um, but not if Rutgers like, keeps stealing his coaches. <laughs> not if Rutgers keeps stealing his coaches and his players. Um, because you got, you know, if you just look at the defense, you have Maya Hatu, who is really good for this team. He was a captain. Uh, he was here for, I believe, three years. Obviously, Flip Dixon, the coaches from <clears throat> Kirk Soraka to Joe Harry Simiak. And yeah. I mean, Kirk was a, a great guy before he was a PJ guy. So that's take that with a grain of salt. But it's been a, a great, uh, a great feeder program for Rutgers. And now you have almost everybody on defense coming back. Um, 
obviously some guys graduated in Isaiah Aiton, Mayana Hanatu, mm-hmm. Deion Jennings, and Max Milton's entering the NFL. Um, but almost every big impact player on defense is returning. I know we're still waiting on some official uh, confirmation for, I think, Robert Longerbeam and Desmond Benusen, but we're hearing good things. Yeah, I, I don't think they're either of them. Are, one of them might announce. I don't think Igmanosin's mm-hmm. going to announce. I think it's just he, he's coming back. Like, it's yep. full-blown fact. Yep, and speaking defensively, where do you see them? Obviously, Flip Dixon coming back, huge news. Where do you see the staff targeting players in the transfer portal this offseason on defense? Uh, de- defensively, it's defensive tackle, defensive tackle, defensive tackle. Linebacker's pretty much filled because two Ray's coming back, and he kind of filled that role when uh, Tyreen Powell went down. And I expect them to kind of just stay at linebacker next season. Of course, pass rush packages on third down and stuff like that, they're going to they're gonna slot him down because he's that good of an edge rusher. Um Heck, like we, we saw this year, I think it was, before uh, Powell went down, they had Toure on the outside, Aaron Lewis on the inside, and Kenny Fletcher and someone else, and Rene Conger, whoever it was. It's just you could do so much with that defensive line room. And But, uh, yeah, I think linebackers pretty much set. Defensive ends are pretty much set. It's it's defensive tackle mostly. Um, you might peak the portal for a cornerback just to see what's out there um, because you, you did add one last – or you added two last year actually technically. And Charles Monqua, who didn't really see the field much. And uh, Eric Rogers, who's probably cornerback two going into next season. But I think if you want to add some depth there, you could. But you also have some young up-and-comers like Bo Mascow. Looks pretty good in practice and before deemed ineligible by the NCAA, which some another weird thing because NCAA is a mess. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I think I think um, I think you could target a cornerback, but you probably don't have to. Um, but more specifically, they're going to go after a defensive tackle because you need to fill that void with, like you just said, a Hanatu's leaving uh, due to graduation. Uh, Isaiah Eaton's graduating. So you do have a little bit of a void there. Um, some of the younger guys just aren't developing as quickly as you'd like. And as Greg said, he likes to use the portal to in- improve his roster. And this is kind of going to getting a defensive tackle would improve your roster. Now, who's that guy's going to be? I, if you asked me last week, I would have told you Anthony Johnson. Now I yeah. don't know because there's not many. Uh, other offers out there, defensive tackle for guys that they are uh, are seriously considering Rutgers. Yeah, this is kind of the first wave of entrance, so I, I think we're mm-hmm. we're going to see this more and more in the future too, because you have the FCS kids who don't make the playoffs, yeah. kids from Ivies who can't use any kind of redshirt years, and mm-hmm. the kids who are just like kind of checked out, like regardless of what the team yeah. does, they're leaving. That's the first wave. The second wave is bowl game kids who were planning yep. on leaving but wanted to play through their bowl game. And the third wave is kids who leave in the spring who thought maybe I'll compete, see how it goes, and they mm-hmm. don't necessarily find the role that they expected uh, heading into you know training camp. So I think we're kind of at the end of wave one, especially with this uh, you know dead period incoming. Yeah, I, do, I don't expect the staff to kind of rest on their laurels here, but I do expect uh, things to mm-hmm. quiet down significantly until the beginning of the new year. Um, and yeah. then you might see a few more kids visit. I know you've spoken specifically about players who are not going to visit until after this semester ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay tuned because there will be more kids, I'm sure, visiting in January. But I do think things are going to quiet down significantly for the next few weeks. Yeah, um, like you like you said, post bowl game, like a lot of these kids like are leaving. So there's there's opening playing time, and these kids don't have film. They have practice film, and you've seen like Kamar Missouri and guys like those tweet out plat- practice film clips that are helpful in terms of getting them more interest but these guys are like there's a bunch of programs like look at minnesota they're down there what yeah. third string quarterback that they had to pay to come back 
That, that's an unbelievable story. For yeah. those of you who aren't familiar, obviously, Ethan Kaliakmanis left the program. Mm-hmm. He visited Rutgers this past weekend. Their second string quarterback also left the program, entered the portal. Yeah. The third stringer, guy wasn't even planning on sticking around. He was planning on starting his life. He was graduating. Yeah. Him and his fiance bought a house in Arizona. They were getting married soon. Mm-hmm. They had to basically beg him to come back and play in this bowl game. They're paying him supposedly $30,000 in NAL funds just to play in one game. Just Crazy. so they don't have to run, you know, some kind of scout team, <laughs> scout team player or some kind yeah. of, you know, triple option or, you know, you know, wildcat situation the, the entire game. So yeah. good for that kid. I mean, he's paying for his wedding, playing one football game. You got to hope he doesn't get hurt. If oh, he, yeah. You know, especially yeah. if he can ride off into the sunset winning a bowl game, too. That's that's, that's a huge. pretty epic moment for him. Yeah. Uh, so he's got that opportunity. Um but yeah, it gets these kids film. Like it gets some yep. of these backups film and it's like, Hey, I'm going to enter the portal, but hold on. I'm not going to say it now. I'm not going to tell my coach now because he's going to tell me, go screw. Like you're not playing in the bowl game. Yep. And now I can go play like maybe 20 snaps, 30 snaps. If I get like a couple good plays together, I'm going to put that on film. I'm going to tweet it out. I'm entering the portal and there we go. I'm getting paid by some other school. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you gotta hope some of these kids take advantage of the opportunity. I know that's going to happen for a lot of Miami kids because they have, oh, yeah. you know, had Nobody. a huge attrition factor going into the bowl. Um, but the second half of this uh, this big news day, um, obviously huge. Rutgers had four transfer portal kids on campus that we are aware of right now this mm-hmm. weekend. They had Ethan yeah. Kaliak Manis, quarterback from Minnesota. They had Dino Kaliak Manis, wide receiver from Minnesota. They had mm-hmm. Kevin Wigginton, former Michigan State offensive lineman, uh, who's a guard, and Dimir Miller. He's a wide receiver at Mammoth, and just on the face of it, a six-foot, 180-pound wide receiver at Mammoth doesn't really move the needle for me. Uh, but when you look into his speed, when you look into his production, everyone should be over the, the freaking moon about this kid coming to Rutgers. Yeah. So some quick stats from him. He's led Mammoth in receiving the past two years. Last year he had 55 catches for 820 yards, seven touchdowns in just nine games. This year... He was a guy also that I targeted last year in our, you know, uh, you know, hypothetical portal guys we should go after. He never entered the portal, but he was a guy who really had a good season last year. This season, though, dude just totally exploded. He had 92 catches, 1,295 yards receiving, and nine Crazy. touchdowns for Mammoth that led the FCS. He also had the second best PFF grade of any receiver out of uh, one. 1,031 qualifying receivers who got a grade this year. He was second. He was only behind Malik Neighbors, who is the LSU receiver, who's probably going to go Top in the first 10? round this year. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, last year, he had a really good PFF grade as well. He had an 85.8 grade, which was 14th out of over 1,000 qualifying receivers as well. Mm-hmm. Kid's a stud. Watch his film. He's a legit track guy. He went to Coatesville High School, which is the yep. high school of eight Aaron and Avery Young. He ran on the mm-hmm. track team there. They set, track I think they star. finished. Yeah, track star. I think they had, I think they finished second in the state in the four by one hundred that year. Uh, if you watch his film too, his speed just jumps off the the page at you. Oh yeah. There's a, a video of his production from uh, the New Hampshire game this past season where he had 333 receiving yards, which was the most any FCS receiver had this year, and he just took two or three, like not even deep throws. Like he basically had mm-hmm. all yak on him, and he just took it to the house. He just outran everybody. Uh, I am. So excited to see what he can do at this level. I think he's going to be our wide receiver one next year. Yeah. What, what, what kind of impact does this kind of equipment have? I, I think there's there's no question about it. This is um, 
Jaquay Jackson on steroids, basically. Um, I'm a little surprised he didn't have more offers in the portal, which is crazy to me. But I mean, over two, 2,300 yards in what two seasons at uh, at Monmouth, and this season alone he had 1,200 of those. Like it was just absolutely incredible season for him. Um, like you said, elite speed. He's a track star, track guy, great hands, and, and he's a really good route runner too. He's able to break away, break off the defenders at the top of his routes. Um, they're not all just deep balls. Like I know everyone sees the numbers and they're like 300 yards. You're thinking he's just chucking deep balls. Like, no, he's got some yak to him too. Um, any service you look at, PFF, Associated Press, FCS Central or whatever it was, um, he's a first team all all American for all of them in FCS. Like he is just that good of a receiver. He was a Walter Payton finalist, which is the essentially the Heisman, I believe, for the FCS level. Um, I think he actually finished pretty low in that, but I think he was the top receiver in that group. Um, I think he finished like 11th or 12th, but no, this kid, this kid is really, really good. Um, and he, and he's got connections to the team too, too. So that always helps. Um, and that's, that's probably a big reason why you landed him. Not only is he like a Coatesville PA native, which you, you've done pretty well with that school between the young brothers. And I think they actually added a walk on event at one point from Coatesville, but I can't remember who. Um, but yeah, no, this is like an all-time kid at Monmouth over the past couple of years. Like he ranks among the top in their record books, not just single season, but career-wise too. Um, this this is a very big get. Uh, you need wide receiver help. There's no secret to it. Yes, Ian Strong's good. Yes, he's probably still going to start. Yes, Christian Dremel's good. Yes, he's still probably going to start, but this kid's going to start out there too with, with probably that duo, if I had to guess. Um, and it, it just gives you another year of a, a guy that's – legitimate like i know everyone saw jaquay jackson's stats but he was what d2 i think and he he was good too i just think he was a little bit misused but hear me out if you get a different quarterback one that can hit the guy in the hands this kid could be a certified stud and he's coming to this level because he wants to increase his nfl stock he has nfl stock he could have left he didn't have to go to the portal he could have got picked up in the later rounds if he does what he did obviously not, i don't think he's gonna do 1200 yards at Rutgers, but could be wrong. I don't think he's going to. But my, my thinking is always with stuff like this, when he's at the FCS level, maybe cut that production by like 25%. You could yeah, even least, argue yeah. a little more maybe. But even if he cuts it down 25%, that's still a 700-yard receiver or even more than that actually. It'd be like an 800-yard receiver. Um, and when's the last time we saw one of those? Yep, Leontay right. Carew maybe? Yeah, no, it's been a very long time him, right? since – Rutgers has had a truly uh, high production wide receiver. It's been like Carew or Brandon Coleman. I mean, Carew is definitely the most recent, but yeah. just kind of speaking to the guys who have had huge production for Rutgers as a receiver. Because I don't, um, don't even think Bo Melton hit like the 600-yard mark. No, Bo had a lot of flash plays, but he – Oh, he did. In fairness he to twice. him, he just didn't really have a, the pass catchers to get him the ball consistently. So Yeah. So he did. Uh, he hit the 600 yard mark in each of his last two seasons. But I'm I'm talking 800. Like when's the last time he did that? It's got to be Carew. Yeah, I think it's Carew. Yeah, it's insane. But this this could be a very very fun offense next year, based on the fact that they just need a couple more pieces here and there. Probably a tight end, a lineman, and mm-hmm. a quarterback that visited this weekend. Yeah. So this is the first news to break out of the the visit weekend. Do you mm-hmm. expect any more today, or do you expect it to kind of come out in the, the coming days? And uh, I don't know. It's, it's always so tough because yeah. you know what you're hearing in this moment might be true, but you know then you might get a call in ten minutes saying, "Hey, so and so's 
going to commit at four o'clock, you know? Yeah. Well, you know this better than most. And anyone that listens to our pods consistently knows this better than most. It, this happens all the fucking time. Yep. We record and it's like, hey, so-and-so just committed. And it's like, cool. As of yep. right now, though, I'm told no one else today. Um, but stri- strategically, Shiano's always been, or I should say, Shiano's always been very strategic with these things. He likes to put out news in, in waves, which is smart because now instead of talking about Rutgers one day, about like, wow, Rutgers got four commits in one day and then news gone, done. See you later. Yep. Rutgers got a commitment today from top FCS receiver. Wow, that's awesome. That's uh, Flip Dixon returns. Cool. Let's talk about that all, all day long. Then the next day, it's like, oh, like, we're not talking about Rutgers anymore. Oh, Ethan Callen. Oh, they got a quarterback. Oh, we're going to talk about Rutgers again. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you know what? Let's, let's wait another day. Oh, oh, my God. They got, um, who, who else visited? Kevin Wingington. Yep. It's like, oh, okay. Wow. They got a, a big 10 caliber lineman to go with that quarterback, to go with that receiver. Oh, now, then all of a sudden, the next day comes out and it's like, you know what? Let's throw Dino Calicomancis. Calicomancus. Oh, that kid's got some potential. It's pretty solid, like 5.73 star out of high school. Uh, there's four days worth of news. Mm-hmm. And it helps us too because <laughs> we have something to talk about for five days. Yeah, exactly. It's nice when it's more of a steady drip than in, uh, <laughs> just a. Oh, a wave of, of not of information coming at you. Um, yeah, no, of course. So obviously a huge commitment, um, more to come in the days and weeks uh, ahead of us. They're definitely mm-hmm. not done in the portal. They're going to have more people get offered. They're going to have more people on campus, but that's kind of all we got for you right now. Uh, is there anything you yeah. wanted to close on rich? Obviously we had a basketball game uh, yesterday. Yeah, that was cool. That was that was an interesting game. I actually, um, I think, I think I don't know if I said it on the pod last time. I uh, Alec actually covered the game for us, but I was there and I took my girlfriend to her first uh, first Rutgers basketball game. She's never been there before, so that that was a cool experience. And I, I'm going to do a little bit of a write up similar to what uh, what Polity did with football from a fan experience. Got some highs, some super highs, some some, some lows too. I'm not going to lie. Um, some much needed renovations. I'll tell you that much. Um, after sitting in the, the like hundred section, it's it's a lot different viewpoint, vantage point, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I'll I'll have that article later on in the week, and uh, we could probably talk about it afterwards too, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of comments on that one. Because oh, sure. I was, I was I was nice in some sections. I was I wasn't so nice in other parts. But <laughs> um, yeah, no. Other than that, I mean, we're just kind of waiting for the bowl game. There'll be a presser uh, later this week with Manongai. Ah, oh, shit, who was it? Hold on real quick. I have it pulled up. Um, Manungai, Joe Harris-Simiak, so that's a cool one. Mayana Hanatu and Kirk Shiraka. That will be on Monday, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be via Zoom, so it's going to be the shitty quality, choppy quality that everyone puts out on Zoom now. Not like our podcasts that are very clear and very good. Um and then Shiano will also talk again on Wednesday. So I, I always ask you guys, if you ever have any questions for Shiano, um, just shoot them in our comments or shoot them on our message board. I'll, I'll ask him anything within reason. Uh, I mean, I think, I, I think me and maybe one other reporter, I'll give Brian some credit. Um, aren't afraid to ask him anything. Everyone else is just like, here's a softball catch. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, that's uh that's pretty much it. Just getting ready for uh, some little Tommy DeVito. Hopefully, when this is out, he, we get the win by now. By then. Well, <laughs> you also mentioned uh, you and Brian. You, you guys will be in. Oh, st- duh, I didn't realize this, that. Uh, yeah. Florida this week, uh, separately, obviously, but you'll both be covering the same yeah. event. Uh, tease, tease that a little bit because I'm sure we'll talk about that later this week. Yes, City of Palms Classic. So you might be on your own if uh, anything happens Tuesday, um, even Wednesday potentially, depending on what time <laughs> I get back. But uh, 
Yeah, no, City Palms Classics this uh, this week. Technically, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know if it goes into Thursday or not. But the big game is Tuesday night, and that's what I'm going to see. I'm going to see Dylan Harper versus Ace Bailey. Now, there's some weird rules where you can't video record because NBA TV owns the rights. Watch me. I'm still doing it. Yeah, I'll find a way. I'll be. Uh, I'll pull a Connor Stallions in the in the corner like this and just be like, oh my God. recording and stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll figure out a way. I'll get clips and stuff. I, I believe, and then I don't quote me on this. I believe we're allowed to interview the kids after the game. So hopefully we'll get some Ace and Dylan content. Um, but I'm sure them going after at each other one on one during the game is going to be fun to watch. Whether whoever wins wins. Um, if I had to guess, maybe the six foot ten guy with the guard skills, but that's just a guess. Dylan's still pretty good, so um, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait. I'm very excited. Um, obviously, if you're not going, it's NBA TV. Like I said, uh, if you don't have it, I think there's like an option to buy it for a month or something like that, like every other service. So. Definitely check that out. But number two versus number three is going to be fun. And there's a bunch of other good games too, but that, that's that's the one I'm going for. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that's all we got for right now. Just stay tuned to your podcast feed because uh, there could be more news coming and then we'll uh, hop back on and uh, break it down even further. So for yep. me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Nightcore Podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.